This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Well, well, well. <laughs> Look at us moving up in the world. How did this happen? It's a good thing Jeff McDonald likes golf. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Here we are, GTC Prime Time Tuesday prime time. nights as we kick off our prime time summer season. Prime time. Like it. Prime time. Oh, yeah. Adam Scully in for Bob Weeks. Bob Weeks will be joining yep. us later in mm-hmm. this two hour U.S. Open edition, right? I like it. I guess we're US Open officially preview. kicking off yep. U.S. Open week right here on the TSN radio network. And yep. it will be a lot of TSN coverage of the U.S. Open on on radio, on TV. In fact, I got to love the fact, Scully, the one thing. Listen, I love the Masters. It's my favorite major. Do you mm-hmm. have a favorite major first? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. The Masters is definitely up there. I mean, it's either the Masters or the Open Championship for me, honestly. But okay. the U.S. Open, there, there's so many... I don't know. They're all pretty good. I, I love Augusta. Yeah. And, you know, I've had an affiliation with them yep. for many years. Mm-hmm. It was a former life of mine right. working for them and with them. Right. However, I love the connection the viewer has mm. to the golf course. And the golf course is the star. And we kind of all know what to expect. And waiting for the who's going to make the eagle run on 13 and 15. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get through Amen Corner without the car crash? I love Augusta. However... The U.S. Open has them beat when it comes to TV coverage. Mm-hmm. And I've been, you know me, I've been on the soapbox for years. And thank God for, you know, TSN's coverage of being able to use those digital channels mm-hmm. and using our mm-hmm. five feeds to give, you know, the golf fan in Canada extended coverage of the Masters, right. which is better than no coverage. But there is nothing better <laughs> than parking it. In front of the TV for a good 12-hour U.S. Open session on Thursday, Friday. You can watch this thing from morning to night. It gets going 9.30 Thursday morning. you got to love that. It's very exciting, and it's going to be very intriguing to see how the golf course is going to be set up. I'm looking forward to talking to Bob about this. We saw 16-under winning last year at Aaron Hills. We saw an absolute debacle at Chambers Bay. Oakmont was pretty good. What what are we going to see here this week at Shinnecock? Who knows? To me, that's the biggest headline Absolutely. right now. Now, obviously, as this tournament unfolds, yeah. we've got Tiger Woods, you know, 10 years after the last U.S. Open victory, the last major victory mm-hmm. at Torrey Pines. Mm-hmm. That'll be a huge story, as Tiger is anytime he does anything. Yeah. We have Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas playing alongside Tiger, and they've been playing hot tamale with number one in the world. <laughs> Does Jordan Spieth, uh, Spieth bring a putter or a live snake Oof. as as his weapon of choice on the greens of Shinnecock Hills? Or he goes left-handed, maybe? Maybe. Le- speaking of left-handers, <laughs> does Lefty have one yeah. more run in the tank? Let's hope. Six yeah. times a bridesmaid, never a bride. Here he is. He finished mm-hmm. second here back in 04. So there's lots of headlines. But coming into this championship, for me, Scully, does the U.S. Open get back its identity? Do we see a firm, stern test of golf? Something where even par, one, two under, has a chance at victory? Or are we still in a kinder, gentler USGA mode? And 16 under, we're not going to see. No. Uh, we shot our TV special, which will run tomorrow. 
And we have a one-hour uh, one Golf Talk Canada uh, U.S. Open preview show. And Bob and I both agreed six to ten under is going to win. Mm-hmm. If we're right, I hope it's closer to six because anything more than that, I'll be disappointed before we get the news and headlines. Do you think they get their identity back? Do you think the number is better than six? And will you be disappointed if it's better than six? Well, looking back, so Dustin Johnson won with that penalty at four under par at the at Oakmont. Uh, if the wind blows, you'd have to expect, given how there's so many runoff areas around the greens, that there are going to be a lot of three putts and just absolute gong shows around the green, for lack of a better term. Uh, I, I sure hope that U.S. Open uh, USGA gets their identity back in this in this case because this is what the viewer wants. They want to see the top players in the world struggle because you know, this is such a hard tournament to win. And uh, so I really hope that uh, the wind does blow, first of all, and the winner is around four or five under par. We will dive into this later on when Bob joins mm. us from Shinnecock Hills. We're going to hear from all three Canadians in the field, uh, Mackenzie Hughes and Garrett Rank, who qualified uh, for this event mm-hmm. the hard way yeah. uh, through open qualifying. And, of course, Adam Hadwin, who was exempt. Those three Canadians in the field, and we'll get going Thursday. We'll hear from them. We've got Tiger. We've got Phil. Bob again from uh, Shinnecock. We've got lots to get to, but let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and seven U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. Well, looky, looky here. Skulls, we've all been waiting for an announcement on the PGA Tour mm-hmm. schedule uh, for the upcoming season. We have not gotten one. We've all been playing guessing games with what <laughs> it might look like. We've got a decent idea of yep. what it looks like. But here comes the Houston Open. Astro Foundation jumping in late with a five-year agreement to save the Houston Open. And not only is the tournament saved, it will move to the fall. And that makes me... Uh, I guess, lead down the path of, I guess, 3M has their event in Minnesota. 3M will have their event in Minnesota, very likely. This also opens up, what's going to be the event before the Masters now? Mm, mm. What happens Because there? a lot of guys use Houston because, you know, they typically set up the golf course right. hard and fast. So we'll see what's, what goes before. What I have been told... Oh. Is that the Valero Texas Open will lead into the match? Okay, that is okay. what I have been told. Okay, whether my sources are accurate, yep, I think we'll find out very shortly because yeah. this is what the tour was waiting for to announce their schedule. The final dots uh, on the eyes, the yeah. final T's to be crossed. Houston Open gets saved, moves to the fall. 3M comes in now with the event they want in Minnesota. So now we'll find out all those other questions and the big one, of course, on Canadians' minds: mm-hmm. what week? And where does the RBC Canadian Open land? I'm sure we'll find that yep. out shortly. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods with his putting coach this week. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Stricker. You know him and Steve yep. love to talk putting. Tiger coming off one of the worst putting performances of his entire career mm-hmm. at the Memorial Greens. He knows. Now, they're a little soft. They were a little wet compared mm-hmm. to what Tiger typically likes. But, likes. but regardless, a golf course where he won five times... And he putts like he had a blindfold on. And here he is now talking to Stricker, which I'm sure will help, on the type types of greens he likes. These are going to be crispy yeah. and fast. But he's traveling with two putters. He brought the putter he usually practices with at home along with the ride this time. He's got both with them. Should we be looking for a putter switch at some time this week? 
Well, the last time Tiger made a, a big putting uh, putter switch was at the uh, British Open a number of years ago on slower greens. It was to a Nike model, a Nike method model of putter, I and that did, this. and that lasted about two or three rounds, if I remember <laughs> uh, correctly. But looking at Tiger's stroke at the memorial, at the memorial, it just looked hesitant. It looked jabby. It looked it kind of looked like Spieth's putting stroke right now, which is yeah. unheard of to say. But it just looked short and quick, especially those short putts. His left hand was sort of jabbing a little bit. It was kind of frightening. And and, and to think about how. How well he has putted yeah. in this version of the comeback. Right. We all expect them to miss fairways. Mm-hmm. That's what we've seen. And until he shows us he can hit fairways, we're going to expect him right. to miss fairways. Right. And that's going to be a theme this week at the U.S. Open. Does he peel back, go to two iron, go to three wood in these firm, fast conditions mm-hmm. and try to keep it in the fairway and give up those yardage, give up that yardage, so to speak, to the Dustin Johnsons of the world? That's going to be a theme to watch for this week. But we never thought we'd be having putter conversations this week. But here we certainly are. Now, speaking of putter conversations, Jordan Spieth, who has been fighting it just horribly, and when his uh, putter goes sideways, there's not much left to talk about with Giordano. Funny (laughs) note, we saw the USGA has changed the format. We no longer have Monday playoffs in USGA major championships, which is always an 18-hole Monday playoff. Now they have a two-hole aggregate playoff, and then if they need uh, extra holes, they go immediately to sudden death. We saw this at the U.S. Women's Open a few weeks ago where Aria Jatanagard got it done in extra holes. Spieth had no clue they changed the format. How do you not know that they changed the format? Spieth even said he was looking at the forecast on Monday, just in case. Like, come on, Jordan. Like, obviously not listening to Golf Talk Canada. No. Is all I can figure out. I do have a theory about Spieth's putter. Should I tell you now? Yeah, I'd like to hear it. Let's hear it. Or tease me on it. No, you know what? I'll tell you now because I I think it could help anyone's putting. Okay. All right. And there was a close-up shot of his the way he grips the putter, and you could see the whites of his knuckles. You think he's squeezing it too he's hard? He's squeezing it too hard. Which, if you're stressed out and you're not confident, that's, mm. you know, when you're putting it well, you're barely holding on to yeah. that thing. It's, you know, you it, got those soft, quiet hands. Mm-hmm. Well, Fred Couple said it's like you're holding a bird. There right? you go, right? And oh. uh, that's an analogy that has been used mm. many times over the years, even with uh, full swing uh, grips. Yep. Grips on drivers, Sam mm-hmm. Sneed used to speak that way. Right. Uh, if you know, I'll keep my open for this. Maybe you're onto something, Scully. Mm. Maybe he's just gripping her a little hard. Gripping, and ripping, yeah. Tension's going to do that. And I'll tell you right now, these greens could be creeping to 13 and dry. <laughs> you want to be gripping it. You want to be choking the life out of the putter. No. That could get ugly for Jordan Spieth. But as Spieth putter goes, so will his game. Oh, he yeah. needs to get out and make some putts early Thursday. I think if he can make putts early Thursday, who knows? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get out to a good start Thursday with the putter, this could be a quick 36 holes yeah. and out for Jordan Spieth. Uh-huh. And finally, uh, in news and headlines, uh, Brooke Henderson defending at the uh, Meyer Classic mm-hmm. this week on the LPGA Tour. She's defending champion there. So, unfortunately, she had to withdraw uh, at the Women's U.S. Open because her grandfather fell ill and, and passed away. So, uh, her and her sister... Uh, pulling the shoot there and getting up to mm-hmm. Ottawa for the funeral. So uh, she's back at it this week yep. as defending champion, and who knows, maybe gets one done for her granddad Absolutely. this week. So Absolutely. good luck to Brooke. All right, Skull, lots to get to, lots to hear from, but one of the big stories, not only in the world of Canadian golf, we spoke a little bit about this off air. Mm-hmm. Garrett Rank, NHL referee and amateur golfer, qualifying and getting his way to the U.S. Open is not just a big story here. It's a big story south of the border. Lots of NHL fans on the PGA Tour will hear from Garrett Rank next. This is a U.S. Open preview edition of Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit tailormadegolf.ca to switch today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Primetime summer, first edition. Uh, Scully, I got to tell you, normally I don't wake up to the second hour on Saturday wow. mornings. There you go. I'm just, I pre-program my thoughts the night before right. and just hit start. But yeah. I actually, this feels much better. You're just wired. I'm wired. Yeah. I'm on my 19th coffee in wow. the day. Wow. I was a little irritated today as well. I got rubbed the wrong way on a few things, which I will not mm. express Uh-oh. over the air. Uh-oh. So I feeling I was, a rat coming. I, yeah, I was very wound up. It's a good thing this tournament hasn't started yet, and we're in this because I know the USGA would have uh, pee- peeved me off somehow if this has started already. <laughs> now, Garrett Rank is a very cool story. For those of you who are unaware of the name, Garrett Rank is an NHL referee and a great amateur golfer. Has competed in many uh, big amateur events over the last decade or so and has played very well. And for those of you who are golf fans, you will recognize the name because he kind of hit the national stage a couple of years ago at the RBC Canadian Open. He played very well and played four rounds of golf at Glen Abbey and and held his own quite well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, became, a, I guess, a mini celebrity in the golf community, so to speak. And here he is again, Scully qualifying for the U.S. Open and uh, and a bit of a hit down there, would you say? I'd say a huge hit. Like you, you Google his name, and there's a bunch of stories from all these different uh, American newspapers, and and uh, he's he's obviously, you know, a big fa- a lot of players in the NHL are reaching out to him and congratulating him. So this is just a great story all yeah, around. And there's a lot of hockey fans out there mm-hmm, on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour as well that I'm sure want to talk hockey with yep. them. So. Uh, it's a quite an interesting story. Bob Weeks had the opportunity to catch up with Garrett, get his thoughts on the week that is at Shinnecock Hills. All right, Garrett Rank, here we are at the U.S. Open. I can't imagine what it feels like for you to be sitting here realizing that uh, you're going to be teeing it up in this tournament. Just give us a sense of where you are right now emotionally. Uh, extremely proud, super excited. Um, it was tough sleeping last night. I probably didn't get as much sleep as I would have liked, but um, just a cool experience and a, and a huge opportunity this week for me to come out here and participate with these guys. And um, I've played a lot of golf over the past 10 years trying to kind of get to this level, and um, being able to play here this week is a dream come true for me. What are your legitimate expectations now? I know you sort of said this is the pinnacle of your of your golf career, <laughs> but uh, give us an idea of what you're trying to achieve here. Um, I'd love to make the cut. If I made the cut, it'd be a successful week for me. Um, it's going to be a successful week anyways, but um, I'd be really happy with making the cut. I've got some internal, uh, I would say, expectations that I'm not going to say out loud, but uh, that I believe I can achieve and, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is just a uh, kind of an experience for me to take in and enjoy, but I'd also like to play well too. Obviously, your worlds are colliding here a little bit. There's lots of hockey fans and lots of guys I know, I'm sure, who reached out to you. But give us a, a sense of, of either the officials or the players who, who contacted you since you qualified. Well, everybody on our officiating staff has sent me a message. Um, I've got a text from George Peros last night, who's the uh, supplement discipline head. and. Um, 
uh, yeah, some players from from games this year that I know have, have reached out and, and try and got my number from from contacts they know. So um, the hockey community has been great. Um, I feel like I'm here representing them this week, and we'll try and make them proud. Um, but just the support from everyone has been great. Uh, everyone back home in Elmira and um, just family and friends has been huge. What's what's more challenging for you, your your real time job or your golf career? What's the more difficult one to do in certain situations, like make a tough call against a guy or a, a twelve foot left to right breaker? Oh, I'll, t I'll tell you, on Thursday morning is probably going to be the hardest <laughs> golf shot I ever hit. But uh, aside from that, um, you know, the more the more you play in these things, the more USGA championships you play in, the more games you officiate in the regular season in the NHL. And then I got into the playoffs this year. You just feel comfortable or more comfortable every time you do it. And um, I can't really put like a, a direct kind of ranking on what's harder, but uh, I'm sure this is going to be a bit of a grind this week. For some people, this is a bit of a surprise. You have a pretty sensational golf background. I mean, you are an accomplished golfer in your own right. Give us a sense of, of some of the, the highlights of your golf career to this point. Um, qualified for the last six U.S. mid or U.S. amateurs have made match play a lot and um, represented Canada at the World Team Amateur. Played in the last three Canadian Opens. Um, almost played in the Masters. I was essentially one shot away from playing in the Masters in 2012. Um, have been knocking on the door of a USJ Championship and. Um, have had some success at the Golf Canada level as well. So um, I'm no stranger to the game of golf, but um, I've just chose to uh, make hockey my career path. When you're when you're out as an NHL referee, do you get any smack from some of the players talking to you about golf? Yeah, I remember early on in my career, one of the guys asked uh, asked the linesman who the new ref was, and uh, he said, you know, he told me it was Garrett Rank, and uh, he was actually a pretty good golfer. And he quipped back and said, well, tell him to work on his putting because he's not very good at this. <laughs> you also had an experience you were sharing with us earlier about uh, about trying to combine refereeing and golfing at a USGA Championship where you had to kind of drive a long way in the middle of the night? Yeah, I went uh, at the 2015 or 16 uh, four ball. Um, we played in the morning, we shot 66, and then I had a AHL uh, Calder Cup final game in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So it was three and a half hours away, drove there, did the game, slept in the locker room before the game for a bit. Um, dr drove back to the uh, to Wingfoot and got up in the morning and had to work a game the following weekend. And so I had to air out my equipment somewhere. So I laid it out underneath my car and uh, the Wingfoot parking lot. So um, probably never be invited back to Wingfoot now. And I don't know if my boss at the NHL knows this, so I might lose my job too. <laughs> <laughs> and and finally, is it a relief to know that perhaps the crowd this week isn't going to ask you to explain goaltender interference? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think the video review probably uh, makes things a little bit harder now, but uh, hopefully I don't have to deal with any video review this week or anybody calling in from home for that matter. All right, good luck this week. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, he seems in great spirits, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. and he some funny stories there, and it amazes me, Adam, how guys like Garrett, and there's more guys like this, that can keep such a high level of their game together and do this practically part-time. This is just a thing he does. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he doesn't work on his game, but golf is not everything to him, and sure. you wonder how good a guy like that could be if he decided, but then again... That's not necessarily always a direct correlation. Sometimes that goes the other way. That is very correct. I, I know Bob Bob was saying that when he was uh, speaking with Garrett earlier, that Garrett got to play 10 rounds of golf throughout the, golf, throughout the hockey season. So, I mean, guy's got quite a consistency. I've, I've spoken to some people who say he's one of the straightest 
drivers of the golf ball I've ever seen. So yeah, straight is good. Yes. I know that. Yes. I know this. Straight mm-hmm. is good. All right. Good <laughs> luck to Garrett Rank and Mackenzie Hughes as well as Adam Hadwin. And speaking of Adam Hadwin, we'll hear from Adam, Tiger, and Phil next. This is Golf Talk Canada, our U.S. Open preview special. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf. Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Cart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC. I forgot to congratulate you, oh. Scully, right Uh-oh. off the top. Speaking of majors, <laughs> you and Mama Scully have defended the parent child at Bayview Country Club. Well, th- I thank you, first of all. And I didn't quite uh, celebrate like Ovechkin. But, you know, it was... Three it, natural birdies off the top. I didn't putt till the fourth hole. Yeah, that's how you shoot good scores. Just remove I, putting I from made, the uh, she, she had equation. a chip. I, I put her in a bad spot on the second hole of par five. She had a about a, I don't know, 30-foot chip. And uh, I made the mistake of walking to the green with my putter. I didn't need it. Don't insult your mother like so that. So I saw it go in. I threw my putter in the air. I yelled like Ovechkin did when he won the cup. And uh, we were victorious for the second straight year. It is major championship season all right. How many did you win by this year? We won by one shot net Ooh, this year. We, la- last year was a bit of a, a, whole, last a year, walk-off, Last year, we right? were 73 gross. This year, we won despite a triple bogey on the seventh hole. Well, see, I've not a very heard, strong see, set triple all bogey. All I heard was the start. <laughs> I never got the triple bogey. But, yeah. Hey, well done, we nonetheless. A Thank win you. is a win. Yes. No style points on the A fantastic the day card, baby, right? for sure. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, three Canadians in the field, yeah. as previously mentioned. Now, Adam Hadwin, the start of the year. We're all talking about Hadwin's putting. Hadwin mm. was talking about his putting. Mm. But somewhere around uh, WGC Mexico, putter came alive on the Saturday, mm. and he's kind of stuck with that putter uh, you know, on the upswing. Mm. And he's made 19 cuts in a row now on the PGA Tour. Think about that. 19 cuts in a row on the PGA Tour. And here has an opportunity to make that streak go to 20. And if he could just put four days together... Why not Adam Hadwin? He likes tough golf courses. Uh, he thinks there's something good coming. Before we hear from Adam, quickly, yes or no, uh, Skull, does the strict streak cut continue? Does he does he does he make it to the weekend here at Shinnecock? Yeah, I, I really do uh, do think so. I mean, his game as of late, yes, he's made a bunch of cuts, 19 in a row, but uh, his last uh, three finishes, T57, T52, T74. You mentioned the putter earlier. That's really carried him throughout the season. If his driver is on, he's typically a pretty good ball striker uh, from fairway to green, so look for him to be there. Uh, going in uh, into the weekend, we saw also last year, first round of the U.S. Open, he quietly, on the TV coverage, made six consecutive birdies. We only saw the last one, but he made six consecutive birdies. So this guy can play. He likes hard golf courses. He does. He does. And uh, we've got two yeses here. We'll talk to Bob uh, mm-hmm. in our hour, or second hour to mm-hmm. see if he thinks the cut streak continues. Here's Bob Weeks and Adam Hadwin. 
All right, Adam Hadwin, another visit to the U.S. Open. This is a tournament where you have had some success in the past. Uh, how do you feel about uh, coming into it this year? Yeah, I mean, I feel good. Um, the game is in a very good place. It's been very close these last few weeks. The results haven't showed that, um, but I really felt like I was an up and down or a made putt away from, from doing some really good things, uh, especially at the Memorial and uh, Fort Worth as well. Um, so it's just it's just a matter of getting prepared. You know, it's going to be a, a difficult task. It's it's a U.S. Open. It's meant to be. So uh, just getting prepared, understanding the golf course, where to miss, where not to miss, and um, you know, hopefully the the game kind of comes through Thursday through Sunday. How do you mentally adjust for a test like the U.S. Open? Um, you know, to be quite honest with you, I, I feel like going into each round, I'm pretty patient. Uh, I'm really just trying to hit fairways and greens, which you want to do out here. Uh, give yourself chances. Uh, Tap-in pars are, are very good, um, especially in U.S. Opens. But I, I feel like any tournament, if you can get off to a nice, easy, comfortable start, um, it can make for a, a much better week. And, and I think, you know, so I don't, I don't really change mindset, I guess, coming to the U.S. Open. It just might continue on for 18 holes rather than just the first four or five. <laughs> As I mentioned, you have had some success here at this tournament in the past. You played pretty well at one point last year. You had six birdies in a row, I think. So those kind of things can happen for you out here, can't they? You can get on a bit of a roll. No, of course. Um, you know, it can happen anywhere. Uh, just because, you know, level par is a good score uh, doesn't mean there aren't birdies to be had. Uh, you hit, it, if you hit good shots, no matter what golf course you're playing, uh, you get rewarded and, and you can make some birdies. But uh, obviously, you know, the bigger numbers can lurk at any point and um, you just got to stay patient. You know, when those things happen, obviously take them. But uh, when you do get in trouble, you, you can't get too too arrogant around these types of golf courses. You just have to take your medicine and uh, play what the course gives you. Last year, we saw sort of a different U.S. Open test, wide open. Uh, the wind didn't blow as it was supposed to. This year, it's back to, I would say, closer to a traditional test of what we expect at a U.S. Open. Which of those do you prefer? Well, uh, I mean, it, you know, off the top of my head, I would say probably more traditional. Um, typically, I drive it a little bit straighter. I'm not the longest, which uh, a lot of the longer guys took full advantage of Aaron Hills last year. Um, so definitely more traditional, uh, I think, would suit my game a little bit better. I think it requires a little bit more patience and, uh, you know, finding the right areas of the golf course for sure. All right. Good luck out there. Thanks, Bob. Now, speaking of Adam Hadwin and speaking of patience and getting off to a good start, that is a great segue to Tiger Woods, who we're going to hear from next. Now, Tiger Woods, only 22 to 1, and only eight players ahead of him on the odds board in terms of Vegas that have, have lower odds than Tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just goes to show the power of Tiger. This is a guy who hasn't won a major in 10 years and hasn't won a PGA Tour event in five years, but has shown, shown some signs, as, as is well documented in this show and every golf uh, news outlet for the past several months. He needs to get off to a good start, which he has not been able to do, not just in majors, but in regular tour events. He's always playing catch-up on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then he typically uh, plays with nothing to lose on Saturday, gets himself back in a position and hasn't brought it on Sunday to the level he needs to, mm-hmm. or has just started too far back yeah. on the weekend. Scully, does he need to gear back and keep it in the fairway, hit two irons and three woods, or does that give him uh, too much of a disadvantage, giving up 30, 40 yards to Dustin Johnson or, say, Rory McIlroy? You know, I guess it just depends how dry it is because his three wood could roll out to a pretty pretty darn good distance. Uh, and yes, his two iron can as well, but obviously he is giving away a lot of yardage to these guys. But just getting off to a good start, he has one round, one first round this year in the 60s. 
That's it at Bay Hill. One round of 68. Everything else has been between uh, between 73 and 70. Well, he will start his championship in what is the marquee group Mm -hmm. with world number one and two, Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas. Let's hear from Tiger Woods. I've been there on a number of occasions to win a major championship, you know, since the 08 U.S. Open, and I haven't done it. Golf is always frustrating. Uh, There's there's always something that um, isn't quite right, and that's where we as players have to make the adjustments. And, you know, if you've seen of the tournaments I've played in this year, there's always something. And uh, hopefully that, you know, this is one of those weeks where I put it all together and um, even it out. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I've given myself a chances to win, uh, which I didn't know if I was ever going to do again. And also, then again, not happy with the fact that I, I didn't win um, because I... I I loved how it, it felt being there. You know, I had a chance at Valspar. I made a nice little bomb there on 17. Um, Bay Hill, I was, I was rolling uh, with a few holes to go. And so, yeah, I've, I've had my opportunities. Um, but also, I'm very thankful to have had those opportunities. I didn't know if I was going to have them again. Yeah, he's going to have an opportunity this week and be in a mm-hmm. very big spotlight. The one good thing about playing with DJ and JT is if you can stay close to those guys, you're probably in the championship. So maybe he gets the stairs competition down right from the very beginning, Scully. Absolutely. Now, a question for you, uh, Mark. Do you think having a, a winning score around even par one under benefits Tiger more or something closer to six or seven under par? I think the closer we get this to even par... Mm-hmm the better it is for Tiger Woods. Mm, I absolutely. think we even saw that at the Valspar. Look yep. at the tournament. He had the best chance of winning this year. Mm. Valspar, Copperhead, the lead was close. to I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was around 10 under. They got 10 the, under. That there you go. Yeah. There you go. Off the top of my head, I guess mm. I can remember. 10 under got it done. I think the closer we bring this to par, Tiger doesn't like getting mm-hmm. in shootouts with 23-year-olds, or for that matter, 30-year-olds that hit it 340 yards. Now, <laughs> I think the biggest story in the sports world would obviously be if Tiger Woods were to win. Mm-hmm. But for me, and I believe the hardcore golf community, the bigger story might be if Phil Mickelson can finally win the U.S. Open. He will turn 48 this week. Six six times a bridesmaid, never the bride. Finished second here in 04 at uh, Shinnecock Hills. Has finished second in the state of New York four Four of those six times. Wingfoot being the biggest uh, mistake, I guess, or blunder in 06 when he was on the verge of winning three majors in a row. Does he have anything left in the tank? I know his preparation's a little different from this uh, this time around. Just trying to ease his way in and get himself in contention. Let's hear from Phil Mickelson. These three provide me a great opportunity to, to uh, finish out this uh, final leg and Certainly the way I've been playing this year and at the consistency level as well as uh, at a a much higher level than I've played the last few years gives me a great opportunity. But uh, the last thing I'm thinking about right now is trying to win. I'm trying to get myself in position for the weekend because uh, when you try to go out and win a U.S. Open, you will lose it quick. I think it's a very difficult job to find the line of testing the best players to the greatest degree and then making it carnival golf. I think it's a very fine line and uh, it's not a job I would want and I know that um, the um, the USGA is doing the best they can to find that line and, and uh, a lot of times they do and sometimes they, they cross over it but it's not an easy job. I agree 
with Phil. Uh, it is an easy job. There's a lot of things that are unpredictable. And now, of course, during through modern technology, it's a little easier than it was in 04 with the way they can control soil and, mm-hmm. and moisture mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But there's still a roll of the dice when you're setting something up. Uh, and I understand what he's saying, and I remember 2004 in Shinnecock, it crossed the line. But at the end of the day, I still hope we're closer to 04 in Shinnecock than we were to 2017 Aaron Hills. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And we want to see these guys tested something around two, three, four under par to be uh, the winning score. Back to Phil. Uh, this will be three straight weeks for him. But he is playing some good golf. A T5 at Wells Fargo. T13 two weeks ago. T12 last week. So his game is trending in the right direction. He mentioned something there that, was, that uh, really caught on with me. And that he's lost tournaments before the weekend's begun. 79 in the second round at Augusta National. 79 in the first round at the Players' Championship. Maybe you shouldn't wear those button-down shirts, Phil. Maybe that is, that's a thing as well. <laughs> the shirt's got to go yeah, for sure. that's got to go. But I, I think what you're seeing is... Phil Mickelson's awareness of father time, mm-hmm. awareness that he's 48, and that awareness makes him press early and try to win on Thursday, mm-hmm. which you cannot do, Ever. and you can't do on Friday. So I will relate Phil Mickelson's chances, very similar to Tiger Woods' champions uh, chances. If they can get off to a decent start, not that they don't have to be rock stars, if they can play well Thursday, Friday, and just have an easy 36 and position themselves for the weekend... Look out. Mm-hmm. I think they have a similar story uh, in terms of what they need to do Thursday, Friday to be a part of this Sunday. And it'll be interesting to see if that does happen, especially you know with Tiger uh, and Phil to a degree as well. They both had, at least Tiger had that intimidation factor when he was in his prime, when someone said, oh, Tiger's coming up. Oh, boy, look out. And even Bryson DeChambeau said he, he was glad that Tiger wasn't in that much of a contention when he won because it's Tiger Woods. Oh, my God. Uh, but if these guys are in contention, let's see if these these younger guys, this, you know, a JT or a Spieth or... You know, John Rom for that matter. Let's see if they are intimidated by that at all. I'm really curious about that. I'd be very surprised if they were, but I think it'd all be very heightened excitement, I think, is what you're mm-hmm. going to get from, mm-hmm. from all involved, including the players. All right, lots more to come. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of the, about the odds and what we like on the other side. we got Bob uh, Weeks joining us from Shinnecock Hills. We're going to hear from Mackenzie Hughes. Lots more to get to on the U.S. Open preview special. This is GTC. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we kick off our primetime summer season. For those of you who are listening, in 11.50 in Hamilton will be Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 live, immediately following Mr. Jim Taddy's Drive Home Show on 10.50 live, 7 to 9 Tuesday evenings, immediately following Overdrive. Wherever you're hearing us right now, 
on the TSN dial that is your home channel, that's probably where you're going to find us Mm -hmm. for the next six weeks. And then immediately following the end of the World Cup season, we'll be back to our regular time slot in your TSN market, most of which is Saturdays sometime in the a.m. And and, when, and that, I should say, is right around the Open Championship as well. Perfect. Yes. And there we go. Getting ready for the year's next major. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the RBC Canadian Open as well. Yes. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues right here on Golf Talk Canada. We give away over $20,000 worth of TaylorMade product throughout the summer, including a grand prize of a custom set through the bag of TaylorMade product top to bottom, along with a Stewart Golf X9 electric trolley grand prize alone valued at $8,000. The only thing you need to do, subscribe to us on YouTube. It's the YouTube Golf Talk Canada TV and radio channel. Like I mentioned last weekend, you get Working Out with Adam Skelly. It's his (laughs) new YouTube show. You get Bob Week's cooking show. On the run. Oh, yeah. Uh, There you go. On the run. He cooks while he jogs. It's very (laughs) impressive. Uh, The next episode is all in a walk. It's it's an Asian theme. It's going to be very (laughs) exciting. So subscribe to us. On YouTube uh, for that at Golf Talk Canada TV and Radio. And then next week, next Tuesday night, we will resume our Muskoka Bay Golf Giveaway Trivia Contest, where every night we give away a free round of golf at the Muskoka Bay Club. Mm -hmm. Scully, we're wrapping up Hour 1. We're going to welcome in Bob in for Hour 2. We're going to hear from Mac Hughes. We're going to get into who we like, who we don't like, etc. But at the end of last season, we had our recap show. And like we yeah. like to do every November, December, is predict who we like in the years following majors. Now, if I recall correct, we all like Justin Rose at the Masters. I had Spieth. Okay. I did. Okay, okay so you had Spieth at the yeah. Masters, and Weeksy and I had Rose at the Masters. Yeah. We all had John Rahm at the Open Championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Weeksy and I like Spieth at the PGA Championship to complete the career Grand Slam. Right. Who did you have the I PGA? I had Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. Okay. I remembered that I liked Justin Thomas at the right. Open at the US Open this year. And you know what? That's still not a bad pick. If mm-hmm. you were to give me five names right now, JT would be one of those five names. He wouldn't be in my top two or three, but he certainly lands somewhere at four or five. Mm-hmm. I could not recall. At the end of last year, who you liked. As I, we could, kind of I couldn't threw. either. Good. So you looked back <laughs> in did. the Golf Talk Canada time machine. I did. Uh, called our podcast. Yes, on iTunes. And you liked who last November? Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> so he has absolutely no form right now, but... He hasn't missed a cut at the U.S. Open since 2007. Yeah, he's played great in this tournament. He's 50-1 to right now in most of the odds makers' books. And, you know, life is good for Sergio. He's married. He's a dad. And we all thought he would uh, have a big year because he's playing with house money. Mm -hmm. But maybe the danger of playing with house money and letting that exhale Mm -hmm. is you don't care for a little while. And and that's understandable. Maybe he just doesn't care this year that there's other things in his life other than golf. And we'll have to wait till 2019 or 2020 until he uh, recommits to the game. All that being said... It's a Ryder Cup year, Scully, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on European soil in Paris mm-hmm. coming up this fall. And we've been pointing to him and Rom being a deadly group this year, deadly twosome. And right now it's not looking like that. Another marquee group this week, by the way. Yeah. 
Sergio Rom and Rafa Cabrera Bale playing together at US Open. That is a group I want to watch. That's going to be on fire to watch. And of course, we saw Sergio's 13 in the first round at Augusta, which sort of uh, ended Maybe or definitely did end his chances. The back to back a little. And he did say, uh, I didn't hit a bad shot and made 13. So. <laughs> and then he, he followed up with a, with a, with a smooth 78 in the yeah. second round. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know about that. I didn't have a bad shot, hit a yeah. bad shot and made 13. I, I don't buy that. But one, he's just, but. he's such a good ball striker it's just hard for me to bet I, I i think he's gonna be around on the weekend i mean he has absolutely no form right now but uh if he can figure out that flat stick and he figured it out enough to win the masters last year who knows I right, listen I, this is a complete cop-out but it's the way i gotta go with this because it's honestly how i feel it would not surprise me whatsoever if sergio garcia missed the cut it would not surprise me whatsoever if sergio garcia won the u.s open mm-hmm. it's that unpredictable because he's not sharp he has no game he's not focused on golf he's got other things going on in his life but as you mentioned he is such a good ball striker mm-hmm. he plays the u.s open so well and again house money in the bank would it really shock you if all of a sudden he found a few good rounds? Not me. No, nope. yeah. I totally agree. We'll find out from Bob. We'll yeah. ask Bob. He's coming up uh, next right off the top. We're going to get to Bob Weeks. He's at Shinnecock Hills Golf Club. We'll find out what he feels about Sergio, yeah. Tiger, Phil. We'll lead with the identity of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open and what to expect. Because to me, that is something I really want to dive into in the second hour mm-hmm. because... Uh, I met a young lady today up at Peak Performance Golf, and we were having this conversation, and and I was explaining how, you know, at one time the PGA Championship was the weak sister, so to speak, of the majors because it never had identity. The U.S. Open, in the last few years, handful of years, you know, it's certainly dancing with that Mm -hmm, issue. It's certainly, mm -hmm. you know, threatening to lose that and needs to get back to what it's about. We'll talk to Bob next about it. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to the National Hour and don't get the second hour of Golf Talk Canada, then hit us up on iTunes for the podcast. Listen to us online, iHeartRadio app, tsn.ca, for the full two hours. For the rest of this country, who gets the bonus 60 minutes? Oh, you lucky people. (laughs) We got 60 more of U.S. Open coverage coming next. Remember, first good decision in the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we get set for U.S. Open Week here on TSN. 9.30 a.m., that's when the coverage gets started on feeds 1 and 3 on the TSN television network. I'm pumped. Adam Scully is pumped. Sitting in this evening for Mr. Bob Weeks. And speaking of Bob Weeks... A man that just took a good, oh, I'll just call it an easy two hours and 40 minutes. 
to get to Shinnecock Hills this morning. Let's head down there right now to Southampton, New York, and welcome in our friend Bob Weeks. Bob, how are we doing tonight? It's a long day, so thanks for jumping in as always. But tell us a little bit about the ride in before we jump into this. I'm hearing nightmares about New York traffic right now. It's uh, it's a disaster out here, and it's not just it's not just me or the media. It's funny. Uh, I saw Adam Hadwin on the golf course this morning, and the first thing he said said to me, he says, "What time did you leave?" And I said, six forty or six o'clock." He said, "What time did you get here?" Eight forty. Oh and he was my. just. He said it took him an hour and forty minutes from where he was staying. Oh he was actually God. thinking of moving somewhere else. So, um, you know, it's a it's long days. There's not much you can do about it. There's only sort of one lane in and one lane out. <sighs> Um, either either get on the bus or you don't. So uh, it's it's just going to be a long week, and we'll deal with that. But it's it's Tiger actually said today in his press conference he would not be surprised if if a golfer misses his tee time. And he is uh, <laughs> and he's staying on, on his uh, twenty million dollar uh, yacht, his dinghy, uh, his dinghy, as he would say. Um, Bob, let's get into all of this, but let's start with the golf course, the venue, and in particular the identity of the U.S open. Uh, We know the fairways are a little wider, roughly by 14 yards than the last time they were here in 2004. We know Core Crenshaw has created some bailout areas and some shave down areas that will uh, give some options to players and some runoff areas around the green. We know the greens are fast. It's going to be firm and dry. I had a conversation earlier today with someone about the identity of the U.S. Open and how they're walking a very thin line in the last decade of losing that identity. The Masters is about the roars on Sundays. The Open Championship is about the history and Mother Nature. And the PGA Championship has always struggled with identity, especially since 1957, the last match play of the PGA Championship. U.S. Open was always the hardest test in golf. Par meant something. How important is it, do you think, that this U.S. Open is closer to, say, 6-under, 5-under, 4-under than it is to 10-under? Are they treading the line here? Well, you know, it's it's such a tough question to answer because I think the identity that we know of the U.S. Open with that long rough and those rock-hard fairways, I think that's gone. I just don't think that'll ever come back. So the question is, how do you find the new one? And, you know, the PGA... As, as as we all know, as you and as you just said, doesn't really have some sort of an identification for it, but it is perhaps the best setup of any of the majors, and the players will tell you that. But I think I think what the U.S. Open has tried to do is trying to a go to public courses because really they're a, they're a body. They're trying to change their image of being just for private clubs. Uh, they're trying to go to different parts of the United States and take in different markets. That's why they went to Chambers Bay out on the West Coast. So they're still scrambling around a little bit, but um, I think, you know, (laughs) Phil Mickelson said it best in his press conference, there is such a fine line between defending par and turning it into a carnival that I don't know if you can have have that anymore. I think you have to be accepting of the fact that the winning score may be 8 or 10 under par and just hope that it's a hard-earned 8 or 10 under par by this field. So, Bob, do you believe if, if it stays pretty calm out there that we'll see a winning score somewhere between, say, 8, 10 to 12 under par? Or if the wind does blow, I'm not sure what the forecast is personally, but do you think it could maybe drop down to, you know, say, 3 to 6 under par? Well, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I, I mean, let's let's not forget that. I, mean, I know as Mark just highlighted a number of changes to the golf course right. since 2004. But as difficult and as crazy as that course was, four under par still won that tournament. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why I think in this situation, I think you're looking at eight under par uh, to ten under par. And if the wind lays down, they they may get a little higher. Um, but but it's not supposed to. It's supposed to be beautiful weather. You know, breezes not not crazy breezes, but uh, strong enough to affect play. And the greens here are as a lot of them have kind of been redone or expanded. There are a lot of runoff areas, so there's also the potential to make some big numbers on some of these holes uh, that that will come into play for some of the guys who are, um, let's say, not not fully completely through their through their golf bag to borrow the tragically hip line. Now, Bob, I'm going to sound like a broken record skipping here, okay? But it just you hit the nail on the head, and it it kind of makes me even more irritated when. I hear and, and am reminded of the massacre that was the 2004 U.S. Open at Shinnecock. The winning score was four under par. We added 500 yards to Shinnecock Hills, but we widened the fairways. So it is roughly 500 to 600 yards longer than Marion was in 2013, where the fairways were 15 yards tighter than these fairways, and Justin Rose won at Marion at one over par. I would suggest this, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong. Forget the players. Forget the players. The golf fan, the golf community, Fox Television, TSN, Sky Sports, etc., etc., would much rather see this U.S. Open closer to 4 at Shinnecock than they would to see something closer to 10 under par. Do you agree with that or disagree? Yeah, I think I don't think they want to see an unplayable golf course, but I think they want to see it hard and fast. And I, I think the average guy out there, the one thing they like about the U.S. Open, and I've had this comment to me already this week from a number of people emailing, is we want to see these guys suffer. We want to see these guys struggle. We want to see these guys hack it out of the long rough. And you will see some of that. It's just that you won't see as much as we used to see of it. Um, but I, I, I agree that that you know where where this golf course is this week, where it ends up, the score it delivers. We'll start um, a new definition of the U.S. Open because don't forget after this we got Pebble Beach and then we got Wingfoot, so we got three old classic golf courses, and and they've all got histories, they've all got winning scores, so it's it's kind of a legacy stuff that we're talking about here or, or starting a new legacy. Well, speaking of starting a new legacy, uh, Garrett Rank is in the field this week. Obviously, NHL referee has been he's just been a great story here in Canada. But to me, Bob, it appears that he's been a great buzz around the Shinnecock uh, Hills Golf Club. Uh, do you agree with that? Very much so. He's uh, he's really been um, almost the talk of the town here, and he's he's certainly been um, everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's doing a lot of television. He's doing a lot of local TV. He's he's uh, doing some uh, keeping a diary, daily diary for the USGA. Um, you know, he's he's kind of making the most of it. And I just hope he doesn't kind of get too tired from uh, from the trip or from the, from all the extra stuff he's doing before he tees off on on uh, Thursday morning. So, uh, but I I think he's drinking it all in, and why not? You know, you never know in, in a case like he's got whether you're going to ever be back here or not. But certainly the attention he's getting is, is kind of cool. It's kind of fun. He's a really cool guy to talk to. He's got some great stories, as, uh, as I wrote uh, yesterday on TSN.ca. So, um, you know, I, I would probably do the exact same thing that he's doing in, in, if I was here. And certainly, uh, you know, he, he might he might fade away a little bit once the, once the tournament starts. But uh, it's been good to, to, to kind of get his story out there and see the attention he's getting. Uh, Weeks, he's going to stay with us for another segment, and we're going to get his, his pick, his favorite, his dark horse, and maybe a big name that you don't expect to be around and why. Before we do, Bob, though, before we take our break and get to that, 
Uh, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods. Uh, in our first hour, I described to Scully uh, that I think they have a similar situation. they got to get off to a nice, easy start and settle down right away. And they don't have to have spectacular Thursdays and Fridays, but I think they have to have easy Thursdays and Fridays in U.S. Open terms. Do you think their stories on the, are, are similar to how they get to Saturday and get in contention? I think just about everybody in the field <laughs> needs to do it. But, you know, Tiger and Phil especially. Phil said, you know, he, he's tried to win this tournament on Thursday, and when he's done that, he's ended up on the couch on Friday night at home. Uh, because he just he, it, it's, you can't do it. And Tiger, as we know, has started so slow in so many tournaments this year that, that he's got to get off to a fast start because the other side of that coin is, um, you know, it's tough to, to, to make up ground on a U.S. Open golf course when you get down three, four, five shots. You know, I, I know there are spectacular players such as Tiger Woods who have done it in the past, but it's really difficult to do it. So I think you just got to keep your, your keep with the peloton. If it was a bicycle race, stay in the, in the group and make sure that you're not too far behind and too far. You can be too, obviously be great to be, be ahead, but just make sure you're not too far behind before the weekend comes. All right, Bob Week's going to stay with us for another segment from Shinnecock Hills. We'll get Bob's uh, picks, uh, who he likes, who he doesn't like, maybe a dark horse or two. Bob, more of Bob Week's from Shinnecock coming up next. This is our Golf Talk Canada U.S. Open preview special. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC. Zacchino and Scully in Studio Weeksy at Shinnecock Hills and on the line with us now. Bob, I know who you like in this championship <laughs> because we both like the same guy. We, we like Jason Day, and I'm assuming you like him for the same reasons I do. I think he's the best putter in the world right now, especially inside 10 feet. He hits it a mile, and he's won twice this year with mediocre iron play. So if he could just hit his irons average, I think he's got a very good shot. So... Assuming I've summarized your feelings of Jason Day, um, is there another favorite you're looking at? Give me a couple names you like. Give me a dark horse. And give me somebody that is a big name that Vegas likes that you don't. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, Dustin Johnson is, is obviously coming off a win, and nobody's ever won the U.S. Open by winning the week before. But I still like him. And, you know, I don't think any things like that bother Dustin Johnson. I don't think anything bothers Dustin Johnson. I'm honest with you. So, and, and he's kind of got the same style of game as, as Jason Day. And I honestly think that when Dustin Johnson is firing on all cylinders, he's the best player in the world. So I, I like I like him as well. I mean, that's an obvious pick. He's number one in the world. Uh, I think Justin Rose is a guy who's uh, played well, obviously has a U.S. Open title and has been, has been playing some very consistent golf over the last six to eight weeks. Um, he's a guy that I would put on my list. Maybe a guy that we haven't been talking about who who I was sort of considering on the way home today was um, was Ricky Fowler, who mm. just got engaged this week, so he might be a little distracted. But but he's come close before in the U.S. Open as well and proved he can play on these tough golf courses. 
it's just a question of where his head is at right now. But uh, but I think he's one that might, you might think about. And as for big name guys who I'm I'm not gonna kind of lean towards. Um, you know, I, I I I don't know if you consider Tiger in that group, but I'm just not convinced that Tiger has the game here mm. or has the complete arsenal to take on a course like this, especially if that tee ball ever starts to stray. Because as you pointed out, Mark, the fairways are wide here, but if you do miss them, uh, there there's a penalty to be paid here. And, and I don't think the Tiger can play by hacking it out of that rough or anyone for that matter. And, and I'll give you one more dark horse that I, not necessarily a dark horse, but a guy that we're not considering that much is the guy who won last year, Brooks Kepka, mm. who seems to be playing some pretty good golf as well from coming back from the injury. He's fresh. He hits it a mile as well, and if his putting you know, is, is anywhere near good, then uh, that he can contend as well. And Bob, uh, another guy who's just had sort of a puzzling year, and, and as you'll see on, on our uh, Golf Talk and a television preview uh, special, is Jordan Spieth. Uh, since coming third at the Masters, miscut, T41, T21, T32, miscut. His putter has been just a gong show this year, and he, he just, he's been struggling. What do you think of his game uh, going, uh, going into this week? Well, he said today that he felt that his putting actually at the Memorial, which was his last start, was as good as, as it's been in recent times. And he said the ball striking was really what let him down that time. I think, you know, that's, that's a possibility. And he's just too good a putter mm-hmm. to putt bad for a long time. So I, I don't, you know, it, it, it could be a switch flips. He spent a lot of time working with his coach over the last three to four weeks on putting, trying to find what's going on. But again, as, as, as Mark has pointed out, and I think we've discussed a number of times, is his arsenal of, of, a, of a, what he's got in the bag relative to other players is just not deep enough if that putter's not working to save his scores. So he might be one of those guys that I don't think um, is going to play well this year un, uh, or this week unless something happens magically with that putter and it just clicks open as it has before at major championships. No one's played better in major championships over the last two years, I think, than he has. Uh, Bob, you know, it's interesting. You brought brought up Brooks Kepka, and he in the media today suggested that uh, Shittacock reminds him a lot of Aaron Hills. <laughs> now, I have never been to Aaron Hills physically, but I have physically been to Shinnecock. And when uh, we were at Oakmont a couple of years ago, after the tree removal project at Oakmont, what came to my head walking that property and seeing that property is, how much it reminded me of Shinnecock. Is DJ going to feel the same way? Is he going to have some of those Oakmont vibes and f- and just the feel he had around Oakmont? Is that a good, um, I guess, correlation between those two golf courses? Or is Brooks Kepka closer with the Aaron Hills analogy? I think Brooks Kepka may be the only person in the world who thinks that Aaron Hills and Shinnecock are very similar. <laughs> <laughs> They don't look at all alike to me. I mean, they are—they both do have a lengthy feel, I guess, to them. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think they're pretty different. I think Oakmont, even though you know it's kind of in the middle of a city compared to this one, which is on on the basically right next to the ocean or close uh, close enough to be affected by it in Shinnecock, those two have a little bit more in common in terms of of how difficult they are. They removed about 500 trees from this golf course, although there are still a fair number of trees at Shinnecock. Uh, Oakmont, you know, was basically stripped bare. So that element of the of the naturalness of the the kind of linksy uh, unearthed kind of feeling, I think is is very similar um, between those two. And and there were a lot of runoff areas as well at, at Oakmont. So there's that similarity too. But um, you know what everyone sees in their eye is is fine. Whatever they want to see, whatever they want to call it, 
and it makes them feel good about their game. You know, you can you can say this looks like uh, Don Valley or Scarlett Woods <laughs> Municipal Golf Course if you want, if that turns your crank. But uh, Brooks Kepka and I would will will I guess disagree on that one. <laughs> uh, one other guy that we really haven't mentioned. Uh, so far this evening is Rory McIlroy. Yeah, quiet. Who, who's coming in with some pretty darn good form, a second at the uh, BMW Championship uh, out of Wentworth. Uh, great weekend to finish eighth at the Memorial. And Bob, as we've seen this year, if his putter is hot, he's another guy. He's just tough to beat. And and his putter is not nearly as cold as, as uh, Jordan Spieth's, or at least if, if you look at the body of work they've had this year. He's had some moments Rory, where he's struggled a little bit, but generally speaking, you know his bad days with the putter are better than his uh, better than the bad days that Jordan Spieth has had with them. So I think he's uh, spent a lot of time kind of trying to figure a few things out. Uh, you know, he's disappointed obviously in in what happened at uh, at the Masters. That was a, a an opportunity missed. So he brings it back to the U.S. Open, the next major, and and we'll see what he brings, what kind of form he's in. But he's another one of those guys when he plays well. As you said, he's tough to beat, and, and I'd, I'd be surprised if he's not uh, around. He's, you know, obviously knows how to do it at the U.S. Open. He's done it before, so look for him to be around on Sunday afternoon as well. Bob, we recorded 60 minutes of our Golf Talk Canada U.S. Open preview show that airs tomorrow. We recorded that this morning. We just did two segments here on Golf Talk Canada Radio, and it reinforces why, in my opinion, you are the best golf journalist on the planet because <laughs> 99.9% of the time we agree on everything. <laughs> I was going to say, we make a pretty good team. (laughs) Bob, thanks so much. Thanks so much, man. I know it was a long day, and we'll be watching you on TSN and .ca, and uh, as you're also doing your radio round. So have fun, and let's hope for a close and great championship. Uh, Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, as always. Thanks, Bob. Bob Weeks, we'll see him next week, and we'll, uh, you know, we, him and I will be popping up all over the place over oh, yeah. the next five, six days, and um, and uh, you know, all joking aside, Bob is as good as it gets at, at what we do. But it's funny, we we agree like ninety nine point nine percent of the time on everything. Good minds think alike. Right? I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. just yeah, I guess when you've been in it as long as we have, you start to see things. I don't know the same. Oh, I've seen this before. Oh, I've yeah. seen this before. Oh, Jason Day. Oh, I like him too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like him too. Yeah, yeah. Now speaking of who we like. Oh. Uh, you and I are going to d- jump into that we next. Sure We're going to take a look at some of the odds uh, of certain players and what Vegas thinks, uh, and we'll go through the exercise we just went through with Mr. Weeks. We'll also hear from Mackenzie Hughes, the last Canadian in the field that we have not heard from. Mm-hmm. So we'll hear from him next. This is our U.S. Open preview special right here on GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Weeksy, we just say goodbye to. He's at Shinnecock. Adam Scully sitting in for Weeksy. Uh, we've heard from every Canadian in the field tonight except one. Mac Hughes, who got to the U.S. Open the hard way through open qualifying. And he will get started on Thursday morning playing alongside Garrett Rank and uh, Aaron Baddeley. Aaron Baddeley, yeah. thank you. 
Uh, and he had the opportunity to speak to Bob Weeks. Let's hear now from our final Canadian in the field, Mac Hughes. All right, Mackenzie Hughes, you've had a spin around Shinnecock Hills. Give us your impression of this uh, famous golf course. Yeah, it's uh, it's so unlike anything that we see week to week based on the PGA Tour. And um, I, I think it's like, I almost compare it to Augusta in that when you watch it on TV, I don't think TV will do it justice for the slopes and the undulations and the greens. I mean, I just spent, you know, 15 minutes on the 18th green. And I mean, there are spots you can hit it where you think you're almost in the middle of the green and they could run off the front of the green and you could be p- pitching from 30 or 40 yards. I mean, they're, they're just that severe. And so, you, I mean, you just need to know where to miss it. You know your way around, get familiar with lines off the tees. There's a few tee shots where you can't quite see the fairway, but I mean, overall, it's a, it's a real treat to play and it'll be a great test. Would you define it in any particular way? Would you say this is going to benefit the power players, the finesse players, the short game players? Or is it going to take everything you got? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's a few holes where I, I, I would think that hitting it you know 310 through the air would be nice and it never is really a bad thing but i don't really think it it favors those guys because a lot of the holes you're hitting in the same spots anyways um but i definitely think you need to have great imagination and touch around the greens this week and you just need to keep it out of the hay i mean the hay on some of the holes is you know two three feet long so uh, avoiding that and then having good touch around the greens is probably the, the top two things for me I know when I talked to you about qualifying for this tournament, you were excited and showing that your game was starting to turn around. Yeah. The last three or four weeks really has been uh, uh, the bright side, I guess, of, of the season so far, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been definitely trending in the right direction. Unfortunately, the last two um, weeks, I've missed a cut by a shot, and that's the cruel nature of this game where, you know, you feel like you're kind of going in the right direction, and then minor setbacks, but, you know, overall, I still feel like it's trending in the right direction, and um, you know, this would be a nice week for it to, uh, to come together, you know, and put four rounds together. Uh, you had a chance to play with an old friend here in Garrett Rank. I yeah. know the NHL referee was getting a lot of attention out here. What was it like to reunite the former Team Canada members? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, Garrett and I have played a lot, a lot of tournaments together, a lot of team competitions together. Uh, so it's just a, a familiar face out here, and, and, you know, we can reminisce on some of the old times. And, and you know, I haven't seen him in months almost i mean maybe even a year you know it's just our schedules don't really cross paths and um but it seems like we haven't, haven't missed a beat and you know you pick up right where he left off so it was great to play with him and uh and adam as well any any surprise the fact that he qualified for the US, u.s open or should we be um, should we be sort of accepting of the fact that he is a really good golfer yeah i mean yeah yesterday someone asked me the same question and i'm not the least bit surprised i mean he's not playing a ton but he's just uh you know he's a guy that you know Hits a great, strong guy. He's athletic, and I think above all, you know, the expectation level for him when he goes out in these tournaments. I mean, it's not like it used to be. So I feel like that, in a sense, is a great thing for golf. You go out there with the, uh, you know, the expectations really nowhere to be found, and you go out there and just try and play great golf. And so I'm not least bit surprised he's here, and I'm not the. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a great week too. Well, hopefully, some great golf for you ahead as well. Good luck this week. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Good luck to Mac Hughes and the rest of Team Canada Mm -hmm. as it kicks off Thursday morning at Shinnecock Hills. All right, Skelly, let's get a little bit into this field who we like. Um, As far as favorites go, I'm not really going too far off the board. I want three names from you. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, you know, if I had to give you one name, 
and I gave it to you this morning as we shot our television special, it's mm-hmm. Jason Day. I think Jason Day, if he hits his irons just half decent, is going to have a very good chance to win uh, this championship. He's at 18-1. to one. Uh, After that, I'll go with Dustin Johnson, who is the odds maker's favorite at 8-1, to one, and Justin Rose, who is right there alongside Rory, Rory McIlroy at 14-1. So I'll go J-Day, Dustin, Rory, if I've got to give you three. And from a long shot standpoint, you know, Brandon, Bryson DeChambeau, now a two-time winner on the PGA Tour, won a couple weeks ago at the Memorial, didn't even hit it great in one. Mm-hmm. He's 40-1, to one, and I'll go with him just because I think he's a unique cat. He's an interesting guy. He is brewing with confidence, and confidence can carry you a long way right now. And I'm going to stick. Listen, my Italians did not make the World <laughs> Cup, all right? This World Cup is Azuri-free. But you know what isn't Azuri-free right now? The world of professional golf. Francesco Molinari won a few weeks ago on the European Tour. He almost won back-to-back mm. at the BMW, uh, excuse me, at the Italian Open. He won the BMW Championship and then almost won the Italian Open. He is playing exceptionally well right now. Not afraid of the global stage. 55-1, to 1, Francesco Molinari. Why not the Azuri? Scully? I really like uh, Rory McIlroy as my guy. I was going to pick Jason Day as well, but I didn't want to be like you two because you guys are always right. So <laughs> I want to do something different. So Rory McIlroy is my guy. When Rory McIlroy is on his game, tee to green, he is nearly impossible to beat. So I'm going to go Rory. Uh, J Day is also uh, a big favorite, one of the best players, if not the best sand player on yeah. tour, and five top tens and seven U.S. Open starts. Of course, we remember Chambers Bay, how he, he battled through. You know, vertigo, essentially vertigo yeah. to it collapses and and, and to uh, to have a top ten finish there. I also like Rick Fowler. Uh, you know, he just Maybe got the in, monkey. He just comes got off engaged. The back? Yeah, you know, he had that great year a number of years ago, top five in all four majors. Just got engaged. Runner up finish at the Masters. The guys playing. You guys playing some good golf right now. Uh, and as for a long shot, this is a guy who we were pretty high on in the second half of last year. Tommy Fleetwood. Why not? And and very quiet this year. Very quiet. Forty five. You know what to I one. thought was coming. Oh, I thought Alex Noren was coming. Ooh. We, we did discuss him. We did discuss him. Yes, but but that uh, was coming. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, seventh seventh at the Players Championship, fourth at Zurich, fourth at the Honda, which is playing incredibly difficult. Of course, he won in, in, in uh, Abu Dhabi back in January. So he's a guy. He also had a great finish uh, in last year's U.S. Open as well. And one more dark horse I will give you is someone who uh, broke major, who made major championship history last year, and that was Brendan. Grace plays. He shot 62. 62. Two career top five U.S. Open finishes. And this year, some pretty good form. Seven worldwide top 15. And as you've outlined, plays hard golf courses and big tournaments very well. And if it's windy, he can keep the ball low. He's he's, he's a low ball guy. guy. Um, I did Knuckles Nyland's show on TSN Montreal earlier this Mm -hmm. afternoon, as I do his uh, show quite often. Great guy, great show. Uh, and he asked me about Ricky Fowler. Mm. I'm going to turn 30 soon, just got engaged. He asked me what it takes for Ricky to get over the hump and kind of related him a little bit to the Sergio. And in a way, there's a lot of similarities between him and Sergio in the sense that he probably is now the best player in the world without a major. Mm-hmm. Sergio carried that title for so long. Mm-hmm. There was a difference and a couple of big differences, though. Ricky was never a villain, has never been the the villain. Mm-hmm. Sergio was the guy in the black hat for many years. Mm-hmm. Sergio, especially in New York, too. Especially sure. in yeah. New York. <laughs> Sergio had something we could technically point to. This guy can't putt when it counts. 
We can't uh, point to anything specific with mm-hmm. Ricky because he's so good all around. So then the conversation became, when does it start to become scar tissue? When does it start to become too thick a scar to break through? Almost to the point where it was almost too much for Sergio. Right now, like I say, he's going to be 30. We still call this experience. We still call him maybe the best player in the world without a major. But we don't call him a choke. We don't call him, hey, he's got to do it soon. At what point do we get to with Ricky before that starts to become a heavy-duty conversation the way it was with Sergio, Lee Westwood, Colin Montgomery, and out of those three, Sergio, the only one to get it done. Yeah, and you know he's had some great finishes at majors, but none where he's blown the lead late or lost in a playoff, that sort of thing. I think Ricky Fowler's still prone to make a big number every once in a while just to hit a big foul ball or a three-putt from four feet because he hits the hits those short putts very hard. Firm, yeah. And, and uh, ever since he shortened that driver at the Honda Classic last year, he's been one of the best drivers in the game. And at the U.S. Open, you got to be a good driver to to uh, succeed. And his putting stroke, as many as many say, is, is one of the most is one of the purest golf or strokes on tour. So he's a guy I'm liking. This is week. he the best player in the world without a major? I would say so. I mean, who with else? all due respect to John Rahm, who I'm, his tenure's he, not he's long enough. His tenure's not long yeah. enough. So without John Rahm in the equation, is Ricky yeah. Fowler the best player? You got to say Ricky Fowler. Like Matt Kuchar's not quite. He had that heartbreak at the Open right. Championship last year. He's not quite there. Lee Westwood's not really well, not all that relevant, really relevant anymore. anymore. Yeah, like Ian Poulter, not no, no, yeah. So I'd say Ricky Fowler's probably. Unless I can think of someone else. No, it's got to be Ricky. And the only other name, in my in my opinion, in the conversation uh, would be John Rahm, who you can't go to because he's no. just too young, young, and Matt Kuchar, yeah. which you've already touched on. I think it has to be Ricky, uh, a, a large bucket of top tens, top fives, yeah. close calls. Um, we're going to see. It's going to be interesting on Sunday if he's within touching distance mm-hmm. and how he performs. Uh, when he needs to, because as this story goes, as we know, as Sergio did, the longer this goes, Mm -hmm. the harder it gets. Ask Mm -hmm. Colin Montgomery, ask Lee Westwood. Sergio is really the only guy in, you know, the last couple of decades to get to that part in their career, to that level, Mm -hmm. and go that late and rip the monkey off. Most guys have failed. So let's hope it doesn't go much longer for Ricky Fowler. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll put a bow on it. It's GTC's U.S. Open Preview Special. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up our first primetime show of the summer for the next six weeks. Golf Talk Canada will be in this spot for radio until the World Cup is over. And don't forget to check us out on TSN TV as well. We'll have a one-hour U.S. Open preview show running this week on TSN and then back next week for an hour recap show. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the summer. Over $20,000 worth of product we are giving away, including a grand prize through the bag TaylorMade set with an X9 Stewart Golf electric trolley. That prize alone valued at $8,000. And all you need to do is subscribe to us on YouTube at Golf Talk Canada TV and Radio. And this week we gave away the staff bag that all the TaylorMade players are carrying this week. Pretty unbelievable. Next week... An M3 iron set. M3 iron set next week. This week we gave away that staff bag. Very cool. And we're just going to keep giving away. We're like the Santa Claus of the golf community. And next week at this time as well, we'll give away another free round of golf at the Muskoka Bay Club in the Muskoka Bay Golf Giveaway. All right, Scully, we did an hour of Golf Talk Canada TV this morning. Two hours of radio tonight. And the names Patrick Reed (laughs) and Henrik Stenson were never mentioned. Bubba Watson was never mentioned. Out of those three, who do you think is the most surprising that was not brought up? And also, is there someone else that maybe we should have been talking about that we didn't? Well, for me, it's Patrick Reed. You know, Masters champion, uh, just had an unbelievable week there. And, you know, he's been pretty good since uh, the Masters with an eighth-place finish at Wells Fargo, a T41 of the players, and uh, 29th at the Memorial and, of course, he is Captain America mm-hmm. as well. Be as a big Ryder it's Cup. It's a Ryder Cup year. He's... Probably definitely going to be on that team as well. Guys like Henrik Stenson, I did mention him uh, on Golf Talk uh, on Saturday. Saturday, uh, yes. Uh, just he's going to he's going to beat that three wood right down the middle every time, and his his putting on fast greens. That's so he's, and is that's why I said to you on the weekend, right? Yeah, and Bubba Watson's just an absolute question. Well, he you know he was on everybody's list heading into Augusta because the way he started 2018, and he's faded completely since. And mm-hmm. Henrik Stenson is not a surprise to anybody that his lone major championship came on the slowest greens that you can have in a major championship mm-hmm. in the Open Championship. It was yep. a beautiful performance, record-breaking performance that him and Mickelson put on a mm-hmm. few years ago. But these greens are going to be crispy. They're going to be as fast as you can get putting surfaces. And I'm, again, until you do it on those surfaces, I have to question whether you can do it mm-hmm. on those surfaces. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, again, if Tiger wins this, it's the biggest story in all the sports. If Phil wins it, it's probably the biggest story within the hardcore golf community. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think Bob hit the nail on the head. We're heading into a stretch here. Shinnecock Hills followed by Pebble Beach and Wingfoot. Three iconic U.S. Open venues in a row. We're heading into a new era of the U.S. Open. In my opinion, Scully, they cannot blow this. If, if, the, mm-hmm. if, the, if the winning score is better than six under par, I think there's going to be a lot of upset golf fans. And I think a lot of the luster is going to come off a U.S. Open. Well, especially the way you look at last year, seven under par by Justin Thomas won the PJ Championship at Quail Hollow. That looked like a U.S. Open yeah. setup. And it we was said difficult. that. I said that was yes. more of a U.S. Open than the U.S. Open has been in quite some time. And Aaron Hills looked like a PGA Championship with, with they're not much there. Sh- they're swapping identities. Yeah. Yeah, it's puzzling. And I don't know how the U. And I understand the USGA wants to bring uh, the golf uh, golf to different parts of the country. And I know mm. they have an obligation to play public golf courses, etc. That doesn't excuse the setup. Uh, Torrey Pines, a public golf course. Hello, 
Beth Page back yeah. Black public golf course. Hello. <laughs> so don't don't give me the public golf excuse. Yeah. Okay. There's a sign at Beth Page Black. Do not play here if you cannot get it off the ground. Okay. It's like a like a double diamond uh, ski run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's all in the setup. Mm-hmm. And here we go with the wider fairways again. And here's the good news: if you're a Golf Talk Canada fan, and they blow it again. You've got a great rant coming next week oh. on TV and radio because it'll be sixty minutes. Just well, if if there's nothing, there's only one thing I like more in the world of golf than watching Jason Day or Phil Mickelson win because they're my boys. When I'm out there on PGA Tour radio, I'm not supposed to be cheering for anybody. Now, obviously, I cheer for Team Canada, but outside of Team Canada, I pull for Jay Day and Phil. But there's only one thing I like better than that, and that's chewing on Mike Davis when he drops the ball. <laughs> For the USGA. So, okay, Mike, ball's in your court. Let's see it. Get your identity back or just become some big bloated event that looks like everything else. Mm -hmm. It's up to you at this point. It's going to be thrilling theater nonetheless. Can you see me winding up? Can you see the anger starting to build? It's too bad our show is is over. (laughs) It could go on. (laughs) Just you on Mike Davis for special. Well, it's it's not going to take long to figure it out. It's 9.30 Thursday morning, 9.30 a.m. TSN 1 and 3 as we are the home for major championship golf and we get it started right away. And then, of course, Golf Talk Canada television 60-minute preview special airs tomorrow, which kicks it off on the TV side. And then we're back the following week with another hour of television. I'm going to give you the winning score right now, Adam, and I'm going to be upset because I think the winning score is going to land between 6 and 10. So I'll stick with Bob. I'll say it's somewhere around 8 or 9, which will be very upsetting to me. Would you like to give me a number? I'm going to give you 5. If if you're right... The wind's going to blow. I like it. So if you're right and I'm wrong, I will be very happy and I will be much more pleased about the outcome of this thing. Uh, when we get back in this chair next week, so it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Are you betting it all on the? Uh, US- uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really a betting. You don't lay any you? action. Yeah, I like to lay a little. Yeah, yeah. I, a little I, I do a little. Yeah. Nothing, nothing huge. Yeah. You know, just yeah. something to keep interested. And the more I think about this Mullinari at fifty-five to one and the Shambo at forty to one, you know, five dollars goes a long way. Five bucks. I did cash at the Belmont. Ooh. Mrs. Golf Talk Canada suggested we shoot up and, and lay some action on the Belmont. So go. I had uh, Gronkowski, the six horse, because wow. uh, I wasn't going to bet the favorite because there was just nothing no. there. Uh, and I got him uh, good odds, and I bet him to win place and uh, a little cash ticket there as he came That's in second. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we wrap up and say goodbye, you golfing this week? I am golfing in another major championship at Bayview, the Amelia Memorial on Friday. I'm going for another one. You're one major to the other. Yeah, I'm going going for back-to-back. I'm going to take the dads out, my dad and my father-in-law out golfing this week, and then watch a lot of U.S. Open with my pops, as you do with Mm -hmm. your dad on Father's Day. So normally we would get to do this on the weekend and wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day. And, uh, you know, a lot of us, in fact, most of us, were more than likely introduced to the game by a parent. Absolutely. A lot of us are father. I know you have two parents that golf. I had one one parent that golf. So uh, it's one of the great bonds uh, in the game of golf that you get to play with your dad or your mom or both. 
with uh, for a huge hunk of your life. It's mm-hmm. a great family sport, so I always like to do Father's Day with uh, nice. with the uh, old man and, and then watch the U.S. Open. So a happy early mm-hmm. Father's Day to all the dads out there. Enjoy the U.S. Open, Scully. I will see you next week. Can't Enjoy wait. the U.S. Open, everyone. 9.30 a.m. Thursday morning. Coming up next, if you're listening in T, uh, TSN Toronto on 10.50, Andy McNamara with CFL Weekly coming up next. For everyone else... Preview show, Golf Talk Canada tomorrow kicks off U.S. Open Week on TV. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca.